Hello, everyone. We are so happy you are here. Back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan. We love all your questions and concerns that you send us to give us an opportunity to help you lead with courage. Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan is based on our desire uh, to lead people and to train them to lead with courage. Sometimes we talk about my own experience uh, under socialists and communists in Romania and how God helped me to um, lead with courage. I know many of you read the book, Saving My Assassin. Uh, we also talk about how God helped me to lead with courage coming to America, empty-handed, now knowing English and building or rebuilding my life. And also right now under COVID with war in Ukraine and everything, how God helps uh, me to encourage you that we all have skills, we all have talents. God put us in a specific place on, on this planet to be the leaders that he wants to create and build in us and to be where he placed us and encourage others. But a very important place and part of our podcast is to bring courageous leaders in their own place where God placed them and let them share how God started the leadership in their, their um, life, in their work, where they live, and how they are leading now others to live with, and lead with courage and to live for God. And one of those courageous leaders is David Necrutman. And he is the Israeli director for the Isaiah Project, a ministry dedicated to create and provide specific tools that will help Christians discover the Hebrew roots of their faith and to also serve as a calling, as he considered, of Jewish-Christian relationship and that has been for almost 20 years. Um, David is uh, traveling all over the world, uh, speaks at the universities, and he published a Bible study uh, called Your Sabbath Initiative. It's a resource that helps believers um, amplify their uh, uh, God-given talent for a specific uh, uh, purpose and reason, and he will tell you more. He wrote articles in uh, Jerusalem Post, uh, the Time of Israel, and Charisma Magazine, and others. He appeared at CBN and uh, God TV. In 2018, um, David received his Master of Arts in Biblical Literature with a concentration of Judeo-Christian study. Uh, from the College of Theology and Ministry at World Robert University. And in 2021, uh, in June, David received special recognition from Israel Minister of Foreign Affairs Department of World Religion for his two decades serving as a goodwill ambassador for Jewish-Christian relationship. He lives in Israel with his wife and their three children. David, welcome to our podcast. We are what an honor to be with you today, Virginia. I'm actually here in Florida 
at the middle of my book tour on your Sabbath invitation. So it's an honor just to fellowship with you today. We are glad to be here, and we want uh, your our, our audience to learn from you how you started this process. You know, many times when I uh, speak or or I do coaching, individual or group coaching, sometimes people say, "Oh, I wish I had a blueprint." But I don't believe that we need a blueprint. So tell us how God started in you, how he, God invited you to this journey. So I, I humbly served the calling of Jewish Christian relations for almost 22 years. And it began at the Israeli consulate in New York. I was the director of community affairs. And uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict part two broke out in uh, November of, 20, of 2000. And I was in charge of uh, media affairs with uh, the Latino media and the African-American media. I was able to put on my boss, the Deputy Consul General Yossi Livne, who spoke Spanish on Telemundo Television one day. Uh, a a uh, pastor from Bay Ridge Christian Center in Brooklyn, New York, saw my boss on television, saw what Israel was facing on the world stage, received a download from God to do a night to celebrate Israel in Spanish. He invited my boss and my boss graciously accepted the invitation. However, two hours before the event, two hours before Sabbath was about to start, uh, my boss calls me up and says, David, something came up today and I have to go on television. Can you please go instead of me to this church service in honoring Israel? Now you have to know, Virginia, I grew up as an Orthodox Jew uh, we were taught from a very strict uh, Jewish interpretation of law not to go into a church. So there were two monologues going at my head at the time that my boss is asking me to go to this service. Do I value my upbringing or do I value my job? So I confess in front of you today, Virginia, in front of all your audience members, that I valued my job. And I said yes. I hang up the phone. The guilty feelings descended upon my shoulders. 1-800-CALL-YOUR-LOCAL-RABBI. Call so I called up my rabbi, Rabbi Dr. Gerald Meister of Blessed Memory. And I said, Rabbi, they want me to go to a church. What am I supposed to do? And he says, of course you're going to go. I said, really? Yes. Right now, Israel is in a war. Your commanding officer is the deputy consul general of Israel in New York. And therefore, no questions asked. I said, Rabbi, thank you for the dispensation. I'll be going to church for the very first time in my life. Now, I only think of Christians within a medieval Catholic context. I don't know about the 40,000 different movements of Christianity. I only know about Sister Act 1 and Sister Act 2 with Whoopi Goldberg and whatever I was taught in my Jewish parochial school days. So I ended up going to a Pentecostal charismatic tongue service for the honor of Israel. I didn't know those terms. I just saw people putting their hands up, some people falling on the ground. I'm looking for someone to call 911, but apparently you're putting a blanket on, on the person. And here we are. I'm faced with this very interesting Twilight Zone moment where these Christians who normally I grew up with that had a hatred for the Jewish people and the state of Israel, all of a sudden supporting the state of Israel and the Jewish people. So, But I'm there to represent the government. That's all I'm there to do. Although this is very nice and very curious, Monday morning, I go back to my job, but God had a different plan. 
the ambassador calls me into his office. He says, great job on Friday evening. You are now in charge of Christian affairs. So I wasn't so ready to take on the portfolio. Uh, so I said, give me a few days. And I call up my rabbi again. And I said, rabbi, what do you think? He says, of course you should do this. And I, I said, what is up with my rabbi? He allows me to go to church. Now he's allowing me to accept a Christian portfolio. But my rabbi revealed to me that he was involved in Jewish, specifically Jewish Catholic relations for a number of years. And he basically provides the spiritual advice that I still adhere to today. Jews and Christians believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have a common scripture that is the word of God. We're supposed to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth together, and we're all waiting for Messiah together. Although there are differences between Judaism and Christianity, what is in common far outweighs what divides us. There is no Barnes and Noble book that you could take off from the shelf to lead you in this calling. You're going to have to rely on God's spirit within you to navigate the murky waters ahead of you. Um, and then he began to pontificate on different theological concepts and how Christians see themselves grafted into the Jewish covenantal experience based upon Romans 9, 10, and 11. I had no idea what my rabbi was talking about. I just said, yes. So I went back to the ambassador and I said, I'll do this on three conditions. Number one, I need to learn about Christianity. I think it's dishonest to engage with you without knowing who you are. Number two, I need my rabbi aboard to advise me. And number three, we have to do this from faith and not a Kodak moment. This is a this this amazing miracle of Christians supporting Israel is not something to be take granted for. It has to be nurtured. So we have to develop from a faith perspective. And he agreed, and thus began my journey for the last twenty two years, uh, being a bridge builder between Jews and Christians. That is so, so amazing the way you said it and, and the way you explained it, how God works in, in our lives mm -hmm. and how he, he makes us aware that, you know, the Bible says that God will put his hand on our back in Isaiah and he will say, this is a way walk in it. And that's, that's exactly what happened in your life. And it's step by step. It's not a blueprint. And that reminds me when I was in Romania and I started to defend Christians because nobody defended them against the uh, dictator and his government. I remember uh, the the procedure that I uh, I had was to go and visit the church that that needed help, and many times I will stay at the at, at the church event event. And one day I uh, visited a Pentecostal church. I had no idea how Pentecostals are uh, worshiping God. So here I am inside of the church, and they started to uh, worship, and they started to pray all in the same time, and I. I am looking around and it's a noise. It's so powerful. And my first reaction was to laugh. And I heard the Holy Spirit saying, don't laugh about what you don't understand. Ooh, that put me in, in my position. And then I started to pray with them. And you know what, David? I noticed that it's hard in a Pentecostal church to keep your thoughts and your prayers when everybody prays and to concentrate on God. When you pray like in a Baptist uh, church, uh, I go, or non-denomination church, where it's one person and or you pray by yourself and it's quiet. So 
many times God puts us in situations that are, or most of the time, let's be honest, put in a situation that are so uh, strange to us, but they are exactly what we're supposed to be because God wants to learn. Like you had to learn about Christianity, I had to learn about Pentecostals and understand that they have a different way of uh, of worshiping God, but they worship the same God and I don't have to sit on what is different, but what is common. So um, that's a good point for our listeners to understand that God might ask them to go to different places, might give them different situations, but God will give them direction how to what to learn, how to relate with people, and how to go and work in that area. Right. I think part of that process, if we're talking about leadership, is that your willingness to let your ego be outside the door and willing to accept whatever God dictates in your life. Mm-hmm. So usually le- leaders like to say, this is the way to do it. I think when you're dealing in faith matters, uh, beyond corporate corporate um, matters, when we're dealing with leading and shepherding people, you have to really listen to God's voice. Uh, I, that goes back to 1 Kings chapter 19. God says that he'll be in this really whispering voice. Right. So it's kind of interesting that God points out to this prophet and he says to them, I'm no longer going to be in the wind and the fire and the earthquake, not all the noise. So we have to train ourselves to be audible listeners to what God wants us to do. It's, It's really I can sum up in one word. It's the Shema. So for your listeners, that is the first word of Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So that it comes that the word Shema appears 93 times in the book of Deuteronomy. And it's interesting for a religion that's sort of perceived as law, that there is no word for obey in Hebrew. In biblical Hebrew, there is no word for obey. It's really Shema to internalize. God wants us to make that choice of yes to him. It's amazing. That is so true because you have to be quiet in order to understand what God is whispering to you. And also, you are so right to be a leader. You have to be led by by God. You cannot be a leader by uh, demanding and by relying on your own wisdom. But you have to be led by God and be led by his wisdom. And the Bible is full of wisdom. You just read Psalm. You just read read Proverbs. And here you are. Uh, I have been to law school twice, once in Romania and once in the United States to rebuild my life. And I am all for education. My kids, one, the first daughter graduated uh, like me from SMU, my second daughter from Harvard Law School and my son from United States Air Force. I am all for education. But the education that you receive by reading the Bible, by letting God leading you and giving you the wisdom of heaven, there's no comparison with any school, anything at all. And that wins not only uh, the, the love of people, that they will follow you, but also wins your success 
because God is the one who gives us success. It's not us. As long as we follow him, we will have success. Yeah. In, in my in my personal journey in this calling of Jewish-Christian relations, I began serving the Israeli government. And then from 2008 to September of last year, I was serving that call through the Orthodox Jewish movement under Rabbi Shlomo Riskin in Efrat with the Center for Jewish-Christian Understanding and Cooperation. And now I'm in a new journey that God has called me to come out from my comfort zone, sort of like a an Abraham moment in Genesis 12. I want you to leave everything behind that was comfortable and go into a new, a new journey. And that's with Christian grandmothers who have asked me to come help develop Hebraic thought Bible curriculums because they're really concerned about their grandchildren's generation that's growing up with fleeting values and, and, um, and other things that seem to be very contrary to what the Bible is saying right now. So I, I, I accepted that call. God has put that on my heart to say, okay, what can we do for the grandchildren generation? I know I look young. I am 48. I do have three boys that I have a 21, an 18-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So they're moving on in life. And I do see as I travel around the world, and specifically in the United States, a desperate need for the, for the, the grandchildren and children right now who are studying to see that they're part of a greater narrative that's connected to a, a geographic location called Israel, that their identity of who they are as Christians is not separated from the Jewish people and from the land of Israel. That is so true. And as you you are saying that, you know, the next generation, and many times I said to parents, if we usually it's a mother who stays home, but sometimes uh, you, if you are a stay-home parent, you don't see yourself as a leader. But many times, like I said, in, you know, on my podcast speaking or on my uh, coaching individual or group, I am telling them, you are a leader because you are molding the next generation of America or whatever you you are called to uh, mold this and it's so so necessary for us to mold the with our words and with our deeds the next generation of America I would love at one point or another um, maybe not on this trip but on your next trip to uh, come to Dallas and speak to our groups and uh, and to develop something or kind of a relationship with people in in Dallas around Dallas in Texas because I I believe that you have so much to offer. We're gonna put the. Uh, link where people can can find you. But I just want to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing uh, such uh, an important uh, way that God works in your life. And I'm sure that many people listening or watching will relate that God speaks to them. But maybe sometimes we don't want because it's out of our comfort, like you said. But right. We, I, I think this is really good because I actually learned this from Bishop Shante Younger in, in Virginia. And he said this, don't put a period where God placed a comma. Yes. Yeah. That right. Is so and true. often what we do is we say to God, we can't do it because this is it for me. And God is probably just starting with you. I actually say that to people who are 60 and above thinking about retirement. 
Um, you you can't. There's no retirement with God. Yes. If, if if God took Abraham out at the age of of seventy five and Moses at the age of eighty, there's there's no social security benefits when it comes to God's kingdom. You have to start working. Oh, exactly, exactly. We have so many things in common because I always said that that is no retirement. That it's always you are young at heart with God, and He is bringing you day after day a new opportunities to do the work for Him. And uh, well, I just want to thank you so much, David, for coming to our uh, our podcast. We hope to have you again as you uh, return to um, to America or even from Israel. I will tell you that um, we we have. I am on the board of directors of uh, a company here in Dallas who does. Uh, um, Zion and oil uh, and. Um, does a business in uh, in Israel and wind. Yeah, you're with Martin and Andrew. Yes, 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 yes. They're common. They're we friends have, of mine. We have friends in common, and we intend to um, to come in in June. We hope that that will be possible. So, but I just want to thank you so very much one more time for coming, and um, we hope to have you again. Thank you. God bless. I just want to thank you so very much, each one of you, for participating to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan. If you have any questions, if you have any any concerns or anything that will might uh, be important to you for us to answer, or if you want me to um, speak at your group, please go to virginiapradhanbooks.com uh, slash contact, and we will respond to your question or to your speaking request. Until next time, I we hope that you will be blessed, that David's message and our message uh, touch your heart and encourage you to do what God is whispering to you during this time. Because there is no retirement, there is not a younger age, uh, or you are not too young or too old to be used by God. Until next time, God bless you. Bye-bye.